Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have a wonderful guest today, and we are going to talk about the healing aspects of dealing with uh, grief and loss and recovery. You want to introduce our guest today? Sure, I'd love to. Susan Lax is no stranger to grief and loss, mom, because she lost both her parents by the age of 29 years old. She is a spiritual counselor, and she is the author of a fabulous book, A Heart's Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. This is a really beautiful book with very gorgeous pictures. And in fact, Good Morning America's Robin Roberts picked her book for the 2021 holiday hit list and featured it on Good Morning America. Welcome to our show, Susan. Hi, everyone. Such an honor to be with you and your listeners. It's wonderful to be on with you today. And I wanted to talk to you about looking at your background and you were uh, in Israel. Were you raised in Israel? I was. I was raised in Israel on a kibbutz, which is a communal farm. <laughs> um, and uh, as I shared with you before, growing up in Israel at the time, you know, my age, I'm a proud 63 year old. So growing up there, I was very much under the cloud of the Holocaust. And um, in my background, death was always around and also living through wars and terrorist attacks. Almost everyone in Israel has been touched by that. So death and grief are very prominent in my life. I think part of being in Israel, and especially during the years that I was growing up, and even, you know, I'm in this country close to 30 years now, but I think it was, there wasn't, dealing with death and grief, you never had time to breathe to really do that. So much of our time was going through yet another war or another terrorist attack, or not speaking about the Holocaust, right? There was a large group on the kibbutz I grew up on you, there were people, the Holocaust you didn't talk about. There were those that spoke about it and those that never said anything about it. In my particular home, you know, growing up in kibbutz, I didn't sleep with my parents in the same house, right? I, I slept in a children's house. Um, but the in the walls in my house, there were things or mentions of people that didn't make it from my mom's family, right? or there are objects in my household that were sent over, um, hoping to make it and didn't. And in my house, actually, there still is something here. There's a semivar. In my morning inspirations that I send out, I spoke about that, about how we remember certain things. And it's what the Holocaust has done to me, 
is or done to me <laughs> as second generation, right? Is part mm-hmm. of my DNA, right? All of us. It's enabled me to realize how important it is to talk about death and grief. And here in the United States, somehow death and grief, people could talk about a little bit easier, or maybe that's the wrong word. It was just mentioned more. And so actually a number of years when my father um, was in the hospital and he was really very ill and we knew he wouldn't make it, a rabbi would come to me and say, here, light the Shabbat candles. And that was his way of dealing with it. There was no speaking. And that's when I realized spiritual care was needed. (laughs) It was needed in Israel. And um, I actually helped bring spiritual care to Israel. And I think that it's the conversation that is so needed. You know, we talk about when a child is born so much and we do so much preparation for that. But what do we do to prepare for grief or for exiting this world? I like the idea of you bringing spiritual care to people. And what does that look like exactly? As opposed to hospice or to a daily caregiver, it's really coming and listening to where they are. And my belief is even in the most challenging of times, which it could be terminal illness or grief and loss, there's a moment of joy that can be found. It's there because our day is made up of so many moments, so many. And so if we can enable ourselves, even we're in that really hard time for our heart and our soul to say, it's okay to be joyful for a moment. It's really okay. We don't need to feel guilty. We don't need to feel selfish by doing that. Then somehow the grief is not going anywhere. Don't worry. It's it's not there. It's going to come back, you know, like a wave, right? But that moment of joy is ours. And it's our choice to say it's okay. So when I sit with someone in Judaism, there is a tradition that we call Shiva. It's when we sit Shiva. And so there's that. It's a beautiful thing, I think, because it enables us to come and just. That's seven days, right? Correct. Seven days. And it enables people to just come. And I like to say, caress you with a loving spirit. I do think we have a lot to learn. And I will talk about in my, my colleagues and in my environment to learn how we really should deal with grief. One of the things that you've said, which I think is really important, and that you do is you give people permission to have joy in the midst of their grief and sorrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oftentimes we do, like you said, feel guilty. When my brother died at 17, I would feel guilty about taking any moment of time for joy because I thought, does this mean I don't love him? Are people going to judge me? You know, I have to stay in this pain 24-7, which, of course, you can't do. So I like the idea that you said grief isn't going anywhere. It's mm-hmm. waiting for you. You can take a break for a minute and come back to it mm-hmm. and right. have some joy in your day. And there's that bittersweet moment, right? There's that little bittersweet moment where we, we, we kind of go from grief and then, you know, joy is an emotion. It's not something we find in a shelf that we find and we say, okay, I'll buy some, I'll take some for me. It's, it's in our heart. We just have to tap into it. So once that, that freedom, that, that acknowledgement, wait, I can actually tap into my joy happens. Whoa. It's like this, like almost, you know, relief of saying, I'm still here. My moments are still alive. 
And um, I think one of the good things is that when I'll work with someone, especially after a loss that was unexpected, you know, sometimes when there's a loss that we can anticipate, it's not that it's easier, just the path, you can see the path a little bit, right? And when it's all of a sudden, it's like the rug is taken, right? All paths, you, you don't know what's going on. You're in the midst of this storm of this chaos. And I think that after that happens, sometimes giving that permission of no, okay, we're in the midst of this storm right now, we can breathe because that storm is gonna still be around us until we figure it out and it calms down. Absolutely, it reminds me, and after 9-11, I worked with the fire department for 10 years. Uh, with people that had lost someone in the trade center. And one of the things our research team did, because I was at a, with a Columbia uh, research team, is that we gave the families a homework assignment weekly. They had to have family fun time. And it reminds me of what you're saying. So we, we gave them permission to take a break from their grief. And slowly over time, those moments grew longer and longer where they could enjoy life and have more joy. Correct. And I, and I think that's in life in general, right? A moment of joy can then be contagious to another right. moment of joy. It yep. really is. It's, it's contagious. And for those around us, and you know, I was talking with someone um, this morning and she shared with me, she said she met up this weekend with someone who had lost their son and with the wife who had lost her husband two years ago. And she hadn't spoken to them or seen them since. And she really didn't know what to say. She was mm -hmm. just, I, I don't know how to deal with that. And my answer was, well, first of all, if you can be in a joyous moment, it's okay. You know, it's not yours to, to carry with you, but enabling someone, you know, to, to, to the griever, I say, you know, if someone comes to you and smiles, if someone comes to you and smiles while you're in grief, it's your choice to accept that smile or not. It's mm -hmm. up to you. And that smile can stay with you. It doesn't just be for a second. Mm -hmm. And so I said to this woman, I said to her, well, just smile and say, yeah. I'm here right now. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, there's really no right or wrong in grief. There is no right or wrong. And how one person grieves, the other doesn't. And that's also a relief that I give people. You know, someone who's taken, been a caregiver for six years of their spouse, and then all of a sudden they pass and they feel like, wow, I'm grieving, but I'm also a little relieved because I can actually go to sleep. That's okay. Yeah. There's, that's okay. And I think that that permission, that relief, that freedom, if I may use that word, is huge, is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to ask you personally, uh, our, our number one visit, we have over 7 million people that visit our site. And our number one visit is adults losing parents. And I wondered, what's your thought on that being you were an adult when both of your parents passed away right so yeah um wow again you know my first my my father passed away when i was 25. the shock that comes at that you know again when you're 25 you're a kid yeah, you're a kid yeah. 
you know, and our needs for a parent are very different. I think now where a lot of my friends are now losing their parents, right? I'm 63, you know, and it's, yeah. and I sometimes will say, wow, you know, and I think whatever time we have with the parent is a gift for us. Mm-hmm. And from my experience as a young person who lost parents, I can share with you what that was like. I was in terrible pain, but at the same time, I thought, wow, I have to try to remember. I have to try to remember. I want to remember all these good things that I have. And I think that that really, I want to use the word saved me. It kind of enabled me to say, because today when I close my eyes and I think of my father, especially my father, because I was extremely close to him. He was a Cuban (laughs) and he had a Ricky Ricardo accent. (laughs) I can hear it. I can hear him saying, Kesalasa, you know, and maybe that's where I get. And I think when we lose a parent, we lose that, that presence. Because you lost both of your parents by 29, mm-hmm. you know, you really appreciate the little moments in life and you really appreciate life in general. And I'm wondering if part of that is because you lost both your parents in your 20s. That's a very, young age to have no parents you know i'm a redhead and so in israel they say you know redheads are a fire you know and i think um i always loved my moments i was always bubbly and that person you know i was always there and i think it made me rethink by losing my parents so young what will i gift my children. I'm an author of Morning Inspiration, which is a uh, inspiration in an email that goes out three times a week, free to whoever signs up in the world. And the way it started was 13 years ago when a friend of mine was touched by cancer. And she didn't want anyone else to really speak with her about it. And I said, I I need that bond. I need to feel that my heart is giving her something. And so I started writing an email. And in the email, my first one, I said to her, if you don't want this email, just tell me. And you don't have to respond. And for five, six months, I got no response and also no mention not to continue doing it. And I spoke with her about other things. (laughs) And around five or six months, into this, I had the flu. This is pre-COVID. I actually had the flu. And I slept in. I would write this to her at six in the morning because I knew she was going for treatment early. And I wanted it to be the first thing that she saw. And I would write to her about moments, never mentioning her illness, never mentioning bad things, just moments of good that I experienced. And at 7.30 in the morning that day, I got a phone call. Where's my And at the time I was working with pre and post mastectomy um, patients and I was telling them about this and I said, where's our email? How come we don't get it? And so Morning Inspiration took on a life of its own in the world, um, really, really on its own. And people would say to me, why don't you put them in a book? Put them in a book. And I would say, no, you know, Morning Inspiration is supposed to to reach whoever needs it. That's how I still feel today. So you sign up on my website at susanplax.com. 
and um, you get it for free. And so my book, A Heart's Landscape, is a collection of only 136 of these, where there are all close to 4,000 today. And um, my photographs are in there as well as another inspiration. So my book is sold on every place that books are sold today on Amazon, on, on bookshop.org, on Barnes and Noble. And um, I hope my book finds people that just need a moment for themselves. Thank you so much for being on today, Susan. Thank you for having me. Susan, thank you so much. You are raising the vibration in the world with all this positive energy you're putting out there. I know your parents are shining somewhere. So uh, thank you so much for, for all you're doing. Oh, it's really a privilege. So thank you. And thanks everybody for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.